You have the American dream. You own your own business. But owning a business turns out to be more than you thought. It's a pain in the neck. You're not getting where you want to go. You're not getting what you want to get. And you're working 97 hours a week. We're here to help you fix that. This is the Small Business Celebration Podcast. I am your host, Michael Roberts, and on this podcast, you can learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Hello, Visioneers. We are recording this podcast today here at um, Westchester Bowl. So if you hear all kinds of bowling and kitchen and dining room related stuff going on, that's because we're here. And before we begin with this interview... With this week's successful small business visioneer, I want to take a moment and thank you, the listener, for helping Small Business Celebration reach a significant milestone. If you're listening to this podcast for the first time, you're about to hear an example of why 1,500 plus small business owners connect with Small Business Celebration on a weekly basis. When you consider Kern County has just over 10,000 small businesses, 1,500 plus weekly connections is a big deal. We want to thank the tremendous content that our Visioneer guests continue to provide this podcast, our sponsors, and you, Visioneer Nation, who have subscribed to this podcast, internalize our guests' valuable insight, and because of it, are growing a strong and profitable business. Our guest today is the owner, Ron Saylor, of Celebrities of Magic. Welcome to the podcast. Greetings. I'm glad to be here. And for those of you who are wondering what uh, Ron does, tell us a little bit about what, what it is that you do, Ron. Yes. If you've never met me before, where have you been? Um, <laughs> I, I'm a magician. So I'm a local magician. Uh, I tend to uh, do a lot of shows throughout the California area and Kern County, uh, specializing in close-up stage, large stage illusion and mentalism. But I also perform nationally all across the country and up into Canada. So I, I get around. Uh, and then, uh, actually, I, I perform about 200 shows a year mm-hmm. uh, between all my corporate events and large venue shows and everything between. And then on my days off, laugh, <laughs> I, uh, I produce a show called Celebrities of Magic, 12 shows a year, uh, once a month. And uh, that show takes place right here in Bakersfield. Uh, every month I rent out the Gaslight Melodrama Theater, great little theater. Uh, I rent it out on uh, the second Monday of the month. And I bring in magicians from all over the world here to Bakersfield, and uh, we just did our 100th show. Oh, congratulations. Excellent. Yes, I'm so excited about that. And for those of you who are wondering, the reason we're interviewing Ron today is because he is a very good magician, and as well as a local celebrity, but he's also a business owner. So he's taken that step from the, the talent that he currently has, and he's actually gotten gone behind the desk, behind the bookkeeping, and is actually running a small business, t- just like the rest of us here on the podcast. All of the entertaining that happens from the stage would not happen <laughs> if it wasn't for the behind-the-scenes bookkeeping. That is a fact. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of your characteristics that you have as a music, as a magician. Excuse me. That's that okay. You, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, you, that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. But tell us a little bit about some of the things that you can talk about as far as running a business and and what got you into magic in the first place. Oh, okay. Well, that that's a great question to start off with. I'll tell you right now. Um, so. Uh, I started doing magic when I was nine years old, mm. as as several of my co-magicians uh, will tell you. We all fall in love with as, as a child, uh, but then we grow up and get real jobs, mm. as one tends to do. And so I, I was in management for the last uh, twenty plus years, 
uh, various levels of uh, general manager or, or HR or, or others, and <laughs> never enjoyed it. So, yeah, but you know, you, you got to love what you do, and and so uh, I would do my job, of course, as as you should. Uh, but I always did magic on the side, just for my own entertainment. <laughs> Excuse me, or coping, or or whatever you want to call it. And uh, one November, as I'm uh, in another state, uh, training and hiring and firing and doing all that <laughs> ugly stuff that uh, one has to do, making people magically disappear from uh, their jobs. Unfortunately, yeah, no, it was it was awful actually. I, and uh, but anyway, I, one November when I decided that I ruined a family's life right before Christmas. Mm. Now, I, I'll interject that I have a piece with this now. I truly believe that they went on to go do bigger and better things on their own, and, and that's great. But at the time, it killed me. Mm. And so on my plane ride home, I decided I need to be doing my magic full-time. I, I would literally fly into a facility, and they would say, I didn't know you were coming. You're going to fire somebody, aren't you? Well, wow. show me a trick. So at least everyone knew my heart. They, they called me the magician long before I called myself a magician. Uh, but anyway, so fast forward, I, I fly home, get off the plane, and I say, Honey, I'm going to be a full-time magician. <laughs> and she said, Would you like a Corvette with your midlife crisis? <laughs> True story. <laughs> The question is, is what color is the Corvette? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't have it yet. I, I've messed that one up, I guess. Uh, yes. So the bottom line is, um, I, I explained this is not a Corvette. Uh, it's not a Corvette either. It's not a midlife crisis. Uh, I've been, I should have been doing this my whole life. Mm-hmm. Everyone has thought of this and, and so on. But it's a huge leap of faith, a 100% risk. Betting it all or nothing, is this going to work or fail? Mm-hmm. And I, I said, let me put this amount of dollars into it. Mm-hmm. And one year, I won't quit my day job, continue doing what I'm doing, but I'll build my business for one year. And if it doesn't pan out, I'll never bring it up again. That was my deal. Right. If it does, I'll know I was right. And 20 years later, I've done nothing but magic for 20 years. This is the heart of true entrepreneurism is you put all the chips in yeah and you make it a go it's a leap of faith for sure and if you and i'm sure like a lot of other small business owners there were many nights where you didn't sleep very well (laughs) my wife tells the story now that she was scared every day of that year Uh, but uh i did not know that actually she my of the most wonderful uh wife woman friend behind me uh supportive everything else i I did not know how in fear she was Mm -hmm. until later so uh i know that her mom asked her on a regular basis has uh, ron got a job yet (laughs) (laughs) uh but now uh, it's clearly been successful and and now you know everybody sees the same uh goal if you will the end result was the the end result result. exactly exactly Imagine having fun learning comprehensive firearms training indoors on Kern County's largest interactive firearms virtual simulator. Triple Threat Solutions offers affordable, comprehensive firearms training that is the same caliber for you and your employees as they train law enforcement officers. Call Roosevelt Scott with Triple Threat Solutions today at 661 661- 
3704-1180 and sign up for a private session in his state-of-the-art laser virtual shooting range for only $45. For one hour, you and three of your employees can use his state-of-the-art indoor air-conditioned laser virtual shooting range for only $45. Call Triple Threat Solutions today at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. That's Triple Threat Solutions at 661-374-1180 or go to triplethreatsolutions.net. We're here with Ron Saylor and Celebrities of Magic, and we're talking about putting all the chips in and giving the gamble. In order to take the leap of faith that you that you took, you had to go over the hill, as it were, to L.A. a lot. I am a regular performer at the Magic Castle in Hollywood. Uh, mm-hmm. That is a that is a definitely a star uh, on my. I don't know, on my wall, if you will, or something. But um, and, what, and why is that significant? Well, the Magic Castle is the magic icon for the globe. Hmm. Um, it, it's the home of the Academy of Magical Arts. So, in, in the, you know, we, everyone, we all watch the Academy Awards. Well, the, the magic has its own academy, and so we have the uh, Academy of Magical Arts. And so it, it's incredibly important there to be um, recognized as a professional performer. Uh, I, I perform there... Three times a year, mm. usually 21 shows per time. Wow. And, and then I also perform at several other theaters, the California Magic Theater uh, up in the Bay Area, uh, House of Cards back in Tennessee, and oh, I'm, I'm going to just draw a blank, but uh, five or six different magic theaters around the country. Uh, all of these homes are important for magicians to be uh, continuing a circuit, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then bringing my magic to Bakersfield. When I created Celebrities of Magic, I, I wanted to create a Magic Castle experience right here in town. Mm. We do have so many uh, entertainment choices in town, and I love that. Uh, Bakersfield loves theater, live mm. theater, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it did not have a Magic live theater experience until, uh, well... There was a, a magic shop decades ago here, uh, but that, that's it. Right, and, right. and so now uh, Celebrities of Magic uh, is Kern County's longest-running magic show. 25 years. Uh, no, uh, let me see, eight. Eight years. We, yeah, we, we just did our 100th show. Ah. We do uh, one show a month, every month, never take a break, and it's always the second Monday of the month. <laughs> and, and so... Uh, it's been eight years. And in fact, at our 100th show, uh, Mayor Go came out and proclaimed it Celebrities of Magic Day. Nice. I, I was, nice, nice. That was, uh, made me speechless. I <laughs> did not expect that. Didn't, I, it was fantastic. I'm rarely speechless. Exactly. I noticed that. One of the other things that you're never is late. And, and this has been a key, a, a cornerstone to your success. And tell us a little bit about that. Well, okay, so I, there's so many years of management in my blood that um, I brought everything to the table in my own uh, small business that I took from the large businesses that I managed in the past. Mm-hmm. So all of my uh, tax skills and paperwork skills and bookkeeping and contracts and time management and all of that, uh, maybe that gave me a head start 
on the entertainment <laughs> field, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, so, uh, because there are two sides to every business. There's the sides that you're, the public sees and the sides that you, you have to manage uh, on your own when nobody's telling you what to do. Uh, you still have to be able to get it done uh, without a, a boss cracking a whip over your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about the importance of your timeliness and why that's such a key point to your success. Well, so... In my world, of course, everything I, I'm going to relate to entertainment, but mm-hmm. I, I, tr- I truly believe this, this carries over to every field. Uh, but in, in my line of work, um, I have, uh, well, if I'm doing 200 shows a year, mm-hmm. I have 200 clients that are counting on me to make or break their event or forum or Christmas party or you know whatever. So when I say 200 clients... I'm actually saying 10,000 clients. Right, right. Because I'm talking to one individual that is also uh, inviting 300 people to the table. And so there's a lot of people counting on me to give my best show I've ever performed, be on time, uh, entertain and amaze every single person in the audience. <laughs> and, you know, so it's, it's, I am providing more than just a magic show. Mm. A lot of, people could provide a magic show. I need to provide a Ron Saylor show. Right. That they're going to go, oh my God, that was Ron Saylor. Right. Uh, I like, my most surreal moments are when I'm walking down Main Street at Disneyland and somebody says, hey, that's Ron Saylor. I, <laughs> things like that just like, put a smile on my face. And, and it's, that sounds very egotistical. I, I know that. I don't mean it to. It's actually very humbling. It's right. completely opposite because um, there's times that I forget that I'm a minor celebrity and then little things like that happen. So I have to make sure that I am on my A game every single time, 24-7, uh, and not only during that hour, hour and a half that I'm in front of them on the stage, but also in getting them the contract and follow up with the emails and making sure that everything they wanted was correct and if not what could I do to fix it immediately and yeah my wife used to get and this is years ago but my wife used to get her friends would come to her and say do you have trouble with your husband working an hour a week <laughs> if people only knew and she would say Actually, that's 14 hours a day, seven days a week. I don't think he has had a day off in months. Right. It's, yeah, people, have, they don't know. But one of the things that you've alluded to that I think is very important and very key is consistency, consistency, consistency. And, and it's in everything that you do, everything from your, your scheduling to your bookkeeping and to the routines that you do. And tell us a little bit about why that consistency is such a key part of your success. Well, um, this would be kind of a blanket answer. Um, but uh, honestly, whether you're a forklift operator and you have to make sure the the load gets from point A to point B or you're a magician and you have to make sure that the show that they saw on YouTube last month when they booked you is the same show that they get firsthand at their major event in July. It's all the same. It's You have to deliver a product that either meets or goes beyond the expectation of the client. Give and give and give and exceed. Yes, which in turn gives back to you every single time. And 
through your consistency, you, you've probably had a moment or two where you've done the routine so many times you can literally do it with your eyes closed, and yet there was that one time when you did do it with your eyes closed and it didn't go so well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have several of these stories. Um, the worst, I'll just give you the worst up front. Uh, this will knock your socks off. Um, I used to perform an, uh, an effect called Smash and Stab. Okay. Um, and the name alone tells you where we're going with this. I mean, it's, it's a very violent uh, performance, mm-hmm. scary, thrilling. Uh, I used it for my opener for 10 years. Wow. So do the math, 200 shows, 10 years. I, I performed it 2,000 times. Wow. Every single show, <laughs> except not a little kid's show. Right, I, right. I perform for various artists, uh, audiences, and I, I have different levels of magic for each audience. Okay. <laughs> but other than my little kid's show, um, it was in every single show. And th- there was a December that I was the um, uh, ringmaster for the Global Winter Wonderland. I, I, we did 30 shows there. Mm-hmm. I was performing at the Magic Castle. I did 21 shows there. I did my December's run of Christmas parties and other corporate events throughout the month. I did 96 shows that month. Wow. It was way too many. Yeah. I have learned my lesson. I will <laughs> never do that again. I was beyond exhausted. Sure. Right before Christmas, toward the end of that 96 show run, um, I nailed my hands together with that spike. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> So, yeah, that was fun. So uh, the the way the effect goes is uh, there's one spike and four blocks, and I would freely let a volunteer from the audience move the blocks around Mm -hmm. so I don't know where the spike is. Mm -hmm. And then we cover everything up with styrofoam cups, mix it again. And I turn away, and I mean, I, I, it, it is as fair of a mix as you're possibly going to do in a show. Right. My job is to still know where the spike is. Right. Otherwise, I'm going to get hurt. <laughs> I did. <laughs> so uh, every single time I performed it, without telling you how I did this, I will tell you that I magically moved the spike off to the right. Mm-hmm. That was my method for protecting myself. Once I was able to move it to the right, I didn't even have to concentrate in on it another second. I could slam my hands down and get dramatic and very theatrical and so on. And this particular night, I skipped a beat, never moved the spike, Uh-oh. and with a full baseball swing of both hands, the, the spike went clear through my right hand and into my left. And this is, this, we're talking a railroad size oh. spike, wow. chromed for theatrics, but mm-hmm. nonetheless, it was a large six and a half inch tall, uh, three, almost three quarter inch spike. Anyway, it went clear through the back of my hand and into the other. Uh, now I'm a walking miracle. Because I missed every bone, ligament, and tendon in both hands. I have wow. no damage in my hands. I'm still able to perform. A magician without hands is not a magician. He's, he's a mime. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> uh, so it all, you know, everything worked out. Uh, and um, I, I actually finished the show because mm-hmm. I'm a show-must-go-on guy. Right. So I was, that was, you know, whatever. I finished the show. Uh, after running backstage. Oh, I, I had two performers, I should explain. So I was able to introduce, introduce the other act. He came out, performed. I threw some bandages on, came out and <laughs> finished the show. And then next night, I had my Celebrities of Magic show in town. 
And I did that show, too, um, with no sleep because I spent the entire night in the hospital getting cleaned out and stitches and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> and anybody who says that magic isn't a hazardous sport uh, doesn't really know what they're talking no, about. No, <laughs> no, there's, there's definitely some danger in my art. Uh, there always has been, but uh, I try to keep it at a minimum. I have retired that effect now. I, I don't do that any longer, but it was thrilling when I did. As a small business owner, you are a visioneer, a pioneer with vision. But sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. You know where you want to go, you know what you want to do and have, but you need a confidential second set of eyes to help you get there. Small Business Celebration can be those eyes. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session. See the forest through the trees, realize your vision. Go to smallbusinesscelebration.com and schedule a listening session today. We're here with Ron Saylor and Celebrities of Magic, and I'm going to read a quote that I found on his Facebook page. And so if it looks like, sounds like I'm reading it, it's because I am. He says, A conjurer is not a juggler. He is an actor playing a part of a magician, an artist whose fingers have more need to move with deafness than with speed, by Robert Houdini. So close. <laughs> uh, you nailed the quote. Uh, let me let me correct the name. His name is um, Robert Houdin, mm-hmm. uh, a very important individual. Uh, the quote clear, goes clear back to the 1800s, mm. uh, and it was such a significant then, uh, then quote then as significant as it is today. I truly believe it is. It's my motto, uh, and I'll share that more about that in a second. But uh, it was so significant even back then that Eric uh, Eric Weiss changed his name to Houdini. Wow. So uh, er- Eric um, was mentored uh, by uh, Robert and was so uh, infatuated by his magic that he changed his name to Harry Houdini. Wow. And, and why is this quote so significant and important to you? Okay. So, um, well, first of all, it tells the truth about magic. Uh, so many times in history... Uh, magicians have been considered evil, mm. uh, which is a shame. We're actors. Mm-hmm. We've, we've always said we're actors. Right. Here's proof of it from <laughs> over 200 years ago. Uh, but, um, I mean, magicians were burned at the stake for a while, it was, so it was, it was not a good time to be an entertainer. But, uh, uh, yes, so my job is to make things that are very difficult mm-hmm. look very easy mm-hmm. and then not tell you how I did it. Right. So it's kind of crazy. But um, as an actor, I need to be well rehearsed, mm-hmm. well rested, mm-hmm. on time. <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's, everything is a performance. Everything is, so so um, I need to be able to make my fingertips look like I can perform miracles. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what the, the quote is really saying, is that I need to be remembering that that person that has never seen a live show before mm-hmm. that's going to walk away going, I don't understand this. And they might be confused or thrilled or ang- uh, a little anxiety attached or, you know, who knows. But every single person needs to walk away in some form of amazement. If they haven't, I haven't done my job. It's exceeding customer expectations, as we say in the business exactly. world. Exactly. <laughs> that, that was a much better way than what I did. Yes, your, your way is shorter, sweeter. That was perfect. 
And one of the things that your career has done as well in the world of performance as well as business ownership is you've become a consultant to Slate and or Slight, excuse me. And give us give our listeners a little bit of a background on what you do for them. So, um, yeah, that, every door opens another door. Mm. Uh, uh, so, again, this all goes back to professionalism, doing the right job the first time uh, and doing more than you're expected to do. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2017, there was a movie called Slight. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, it did very well overseas. It did not do well uh, here in the U.S. Um, most families that want to see a magic movie uh, want to take their little kids to see a magic movie and it's, mm. they want to see the classical magic movie. That was not what this was. Hmm. This was a story about a uh, young adult uh, in the LA, Los Angeles LA drug scene hmm. that was trying to better his life using magic. He was trying to save his family and get out of the predicament he had brought himself into. So it's kind of a dark story, but mm-hmm. he does use magic to better his life. Hmm. All right. So that's a good moral somewhere in there. Okay. Right. Nonetheless, um, the producers of Slight reached out to me and mm-hmm. asked me to be the magic consultant for the film. Nice. And it was fantastic. So, uh, yeah. So my personality comes out through the film. It's kind of funny. Uh, if you know me and you see the movie, I'm not in front of the camera at all. I'm always behind the camera. Mm-hmm. But when you see the magic that's in the film and and the the hand movement and little things, <laughs> you see my personality in the film. It's kind of funny. And, and meanwhile, it's, it's this 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 epic uh, student young man that's trying to better himself, but with my personality. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Hey, the waving of those hands look remarkably familiar. Like yeah. maybe Ron. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, it, I'm not the body double for it, for sure. Uh, uh, but, uh, and then but a, a good friend of mine, uh, Eric Jones, was the body double the, uh, the, for that actual hand movement uh, in, in the movie. So, Have you consulted on other movies or projects since then? Um, I've done a number of cameo appearances in films. Always playing a magician. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Typecasting. Uh, Typecasting, right? Uh, but yes, no, I, uh, but I've not consulted for anything else. That was, that was the first honor I've had of that. And to my, again, to my amazement, they, they put my name like fourth in the credits in the film. It was, I thought he'd be under, after janitor. <laughs> now, you started out in Covina. I did. Uh, born and raised in West Covina uh-huh. uh, and lived there uh, most of my life. Um, I moved to Bakersfield, uh, I'm going to say, a little over 30 years ago. I call mm-hmm. myself a Bakersfield native at this point. Uh, okay. But the lived, truth is I've lived here a little over 30 years. Uh, and it's because I, of my management career. Mm. Uh, I uh, was uh, managing a restaurant in uh, the Covina area at the time, and I had one manager of the year. Mm. And so the original director that was moving to Bakersfield recruited me, mm. offered me a huge bonus and moving expenses, and I went, yippee, I'm in. <laughs> so, I, so I moved here and, and uh, uh, worked for that company a short while longer, and then things expanded, and I was recruited again. And um, yeah, so it was, I had a whirlwind of, of, man, of management uh, opportunity here in Kern County mm-hmm. that... Uh, all led to uh, that. Taking the gamble, rolling the dice, yes. and here you are. Here I am. So, and then, I, yeah, I turned it all away to do magic. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
But your career hasn't always been wine and roses. No. And uh, it would be I would be remiss to to say that or ask you of your favorite failure that you have that you've had that you've learned the most from. Tell us a little bit about one of them. Well, um, yeah, there's there's always failures in every success story. Um, the the biggest failure that I regret, mm-hmm. um, I can't. Don't think I should tell you the company, okay. but a very large, well-known company here in town. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to give us their initials. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, but they, they had booked me for uh, one of their large Christmas events mm-hmm. early in my career. Right. And they asked me to work through their DJ that they already had booked also for the event. And naive as I was at the time, I said, okay. And again, this goes right down to learn from your mistakes, never repeat them, mm-hmm. and then you'll be successful. So I, I don't do this any longer, <laughs> but I plugged into his equipment per their request, and mm-hmm. I gave them an hour show of solid feedback and uh, interference, and we can't hear you, and now you're too, lo- too loud. And mm. uh, the DJ, I, and I don't believe any of it, it was intentional, but... He ultimately, it was the worst show I've provided an audience locally, and uh, not only have they never booked me again in the last <laughs> twenty years, but I know that they told a few of their clients never to book me as well, right, uh, which right. is a shame. And some of which did anyway, and then when I don't know what they what, the what their problem was, you were fantastic. Right. Uh, I know what the problem was, you know, right? But sure, uh, sure. yeah, that, so that's my biggest regret. Funnier failures. Uh, in in theater, uh, things are not always as they seem. Who knew? So uh, my, the funniest story, uh, well, I don't know if it's super funny. But uh, anyway, um, I perform an effect with root beer and colas and um, lemon lime and orange soda. And I mean, just this array of all these sodas and a glass of milk. And I picked the only child in the entire audience that didn't like soda. Who knew? Who knew? And uh, I hadn't prepared for that. you got to prepare for everything. Okay. Again, this is business management 101. (laughs) Prepare for everything. But I didn't prepare for a child that didn't like soda. I didn't didn't know that existed. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I said, in theater, things are not always as they seem. (laughs) So the glass of milk that he wanted to drink was half white paint. Oh, boy. I, yes. And I cannot have a child on the stage be drinking paint. So now we ended up, we played a game of tug-of-war live before my audience, to which I won because I was going to keep the child safe, of right. course. And the child was sad and the audience was confused. And, yeah, not, not one of my better moments on a show. But uh, nonetheless... I have to, first priority, I have to keep everyone safe. Sure, uh, sure, sure. So sure. he did not get to drink the paint. <laughs> did you take a, a, a newspaper, fold it up six times, and then pour it all in there, make it magically disappear? If I had a newspaper, <laughs> I would have done that. <laughs> Unfortunately, just I walked away with a glass of paint. <laughs> some of the biggest failures you've had, tell us about some of your pinnacle achievements. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, so, Other than walking down the street at Disneyland and being recognized. <laughs> uh, yes. So I, I am a 14-time award-winning magician. 
Uh, so there, there's some accolades in there. Uh, my favorite of, of those 14 is uh, I am a two-time mentalist of the, of the year. That, and, what, and what is a mentalist? Okay, so under the umbrella of magic, there mm-hmm. are a sleight of hand, like the movie, is all close-up and, and uh, intricate things that come from your fingertips. Parlor magic, it, basically it, it, it distinguishes itself through the size of the prop used. So parlor is something we could perform on a, uh, between the two of us on a four-foot table. Uh, small stage is a little larger, large stage. And then illusion, large illusion, might require a 30-foot stage before it could even be performed before an audience. Mm-hmm. Okay, all of that said, within all of those realms of magic comes mentalism. And mentalism is specifically the prediction magic or uh, mind reading or... You know, something like that. Anything that involves um, a, a prediction or numbers, that is all under the sub-umbrella of mentalism. And it, it can fit in any of the five categories that I previously mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's my favorite form of magic. It always has been. And uh, I have won the honor of two-time mentalist of the year. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Thank you. One of the things I wanted to touch upon is this interlacing all the way through because you can't do this without people right and everything is about people yes and one of the things i wanted to ask you about is the the amount of mental control and your ability to work with people and for those of us that are introverts okay sure Give us some ideas on the things that you do to work with your customers, to work with the, with the person that, who's doing right in front of you, doing the magic. And how, what are some of the things that you do to work with those people and give them a great experience? Okay, so uh, let me try to break this down into fingers. Um, everything I do works with people. Mm-hmm. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. So if I'm working with the, the client before, during, and after the show, uh, I am proving to them that everything I am offering is going to come true, going to come true, or did come true. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm making sure that I'm able to deliver all of my promises and and keep my promises. Uh, number two, for the the person that is on the stage with me, all my volunteers. I have the most interactive show you'll ever see. So in an hour time, I'll have 14 different volunteers on the stage with me. Hmm. It's very interactive. So I have to make sure that each and every one of those volunteers has a non-threatening experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not a magician that is going to take somebody out of the audience and then tell them I'm going to cut their head off. I've never understood that, uh, but I see it done all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do not scare my volunteers. I do not force people out of the audience that that don't want to volunteer because... Everyone's there to have a good time. Right. Not everyone wants to be on the stage. Right. So I have to be uh, able to uh, pay attention to all of these little um, uh, um, uh, body language mo- moments and facial expressions and so on. I have to make sure that I'm picking the right person for every little thing I need. Right. Uh, ultimately, my job for a volunteer is to make them look like a king. And so once they're on the stage, if, if I can make them perform a miracle instead of myself, I do that. Uh, there's, now I've, I'm tipping my hat, but, but you'll notice this in my show. There's several times where the volunteer actually becomes the magician, and I just kind of walk them through that. They right. don't even know it's going to happen, but they've performed the miracle by the time it's over. Sure, right, sure. I love doing that. Uh, but then, and then for number three is the audience. 
uh, every single person coming to the show, there's going to be people in my audience that hate magic mm-hmm. or have never seen a show before or did and it was a bad experience. And, you know, oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, okay, I'll, let's go because you bought a ticket. I'll go with you. Mm-hmm. So, and then there's the, the uber magic fan that I have to make sure that they walk away the same as they walked in. So, I mean, there's, there's every different, you don't know if somebody had a bad day or a bad week or their mother died. Or, I, mean, just, I have to be aware of all of these things. And um, I just, my goal is just to make sure that every single person is amazed, entertained, and is happier when they left them than they, when they came in. Again, exceeding customer expectations. Thank you. That's, that's the bottom line. In all of the work that you've done for the past 20 years, what's been one of the biggest lessons that you have learned, either by making mistakes or by having successes, that you've taken away from your experience as an entrepreneur? I think growing in the business, I think the lesson was more about um, paperwork uh, being issued faster. Mm. Uh, Early on, I always got everybody their invoices and contracts, but sometimes that would lag. And now I, I believe that that's more important to me than it was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I don't know if that, uh, when that happened or, or why, but I can tell you that I, I know that as soon as anything is booked, I'm immediately going into paperwork and let's get this done. Um, over, over the 20-year period, there, there's a, a tipping point that happens mm-hmm. that in the beginning, uh, you have your, your loan and your capital that you're putting into the business and you know you have to eventually pay that back if you're going to turn a profit <laughs> thank you lord <laughs> so uh you know and so the, these days now um and i still evolve my show on a regular basis mm-hmm. so i there's a balance but i i i have i am very much aware of what i don't need to add to my show uh, versus wanting everything to be bigger and better. When a, when a pencil will, is fine instead of having that really expensive $6,000 pen that you right. really like Right, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and there are those $6,000 pens. <laughs> or those chrome-plated spikes. Yes, <laughs> for sure. What advice would you give a small business owner that they could use today to help grow a strong and profitable business? Okay, um, yeah, I, uh, I would say go with your gut, um, listen to what everyone says, uh, be nice about their answers, even though most of them are wrong. <laughs> uh, you get a lot of, you know, you know, again, in every profession, mine mm-hmm. included and, and, and the janitor down the street, you get a lot of bad advice. Right. So just... I think the best thing I could say is is listen to what people say uh, and decipher the good from the bad, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately go with your gut. Do what you do best. Don't try to spread it out to grow your business faster. I don't know. Anyway, but then uh, see that's, that's probably bad advice I just gave. <laughs> so so I'm going to throw myself into that same equation. Listen to everything I just told you, and then don't listen to it. <laughs> Because you, you have to, you know what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, make yourself a list. Give yourself a good set of goals. Follow your own advice. Listen to others. But then just do the best that you can 
and be consistent at it. Well, Ron, this has been a lot of fun. This has been a pleasure. And magic is not something that I saw on my radar as a guest on the show. So <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I, so I'm glad you're here. I, and, I, it's been a pleasure. And I also wanted to put a shout out to Tim McNeely for referring you and to have us thank come you, on Jim. the podcast. And uh, if people wanted to get in touch with you, Ron, how do they do that? Uh, please. Uh, my phone number. Here's my cell. How's that? My <laughs> cell number is 661-809-809. Four eight two six. My email, Sailor Magic. That's my company. S A Y L O R Magic at Gmail dot com. And my two websites are RonSailor dot com or Celebrities Plural Celebrities of Magic dot com. And then you can always find me on Facebook and Twitter and all those fun things. Excellent. Well, Ron, thank you very much for being on the Small Business Celebration podcast and giving Visioneer Nation a tremendous amount of entertainment and education. Thank you, Ron. Thank you so much. I've been asked, who is a Visioneer? A visioneer is a small business owner who's a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world, not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Become a visioneer by joining the Tribe on Small Business Celebrations Facebook page and on Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration Podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you may find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. And that's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. Also, if you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. If there is a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I am your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration Podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.